Welcome to the 28th episode of Thought Space, the podcast for the Center for Policy Research. CPR is an independent think tank researching on various issues from urbanization to foreign policy, from economic reforms to environmental challenges. Today, Richa Bansal, Director of Communications at CPR, will be in conversation with senior fellow D. Sham Babu discussing the bill to provide advancement to economic weaker sections through reservations. Hi, I'm Richa and welcome to the podcast, Mr. D. Sham Babu. Mr. D. Sham Babu is a fellow at CPR and he's also a scholar on Dalit issues. Today we are going to talk about Uh, the recently introduced bill in the uh, Lok Sabha which seeks to uh, provide advancement of economically weaker sections of citizens and aimed to amend Article 15 and 16 of the Constitution and it has also been uh, challenged in the Supreme Court already. So Mr. Disham Babu, why don't I ask you because it's been a very contentious uh, move and it's been right before the elections why don't i ask you to provide a little bit of context to this reservation uh, policy thank you richard for calling me again uh, india is famous for its social engineering from 1950 onwards in the constitution we have several provisions to help different sections of society which lag behind because of social discrimination. So these uh, social justice policies broadly come in three phases. In phase one, constitution accorded reservations for the scheduled castes and scheduled tribes in government jobs, in educational institutions, and in legislative bodies. That includes parliament. Because they did not need any evidence or study at that time uh, to determine that these two groups were discriminated historically. That is the reason they were underrepresented everywhere. So later, and in the constitution itself, constitution makers said that we are sure of these two categories, but it is possible there could be other groups which needed some state support. Those groups who were economically and no, socially and educationally backward groups, we need to determine who are they and determine what kind of policies we need to uh, adopt for them. So that led to these two backward classes commissions. First commission and second commission is the famous Mandal commission, which recommended reservations for the other backward classes. So in addition to the scheduled tribes Cast, and scheduled castes, this was phase two. Phase two. So that Mandal Commission uh, report resulted in reservations for other backward classes to the tune of 27% because uh, we have this ceiling of 50% which Dr. Ambedkar spoke in the Constituent Assembly which Supreme Court also adopted that all reservations put together should not cross 50%. So now as of now scheduled castes and scheduled tribes account for about 15 plus 7.5 other backward classes 27%. So this is almost touching 50%. Right. That is phase two. Now in the new policy, we can call it phase three, under which government is proposing to set aside 10% of government jobs and seats in educational institutions for economically backward sections among the upper castes. But the real definition is not upper castes. 
it is open for all those sections who are not as of now covered under any other reservation. So that is the context we are talking about. So thanks for providing this uh, sort of constitutional and historical perspective. Given that it applies to pretty much everyone who is not yet represented, is it a good and, and a just policy? Who will it really help? Its intent is uh, honorable. I don't want to question that because this policy seeks to help those underdogs wherever they are. But is it a really good policy? The way it is designed, will it help those sections is the question, where I have uh, serious doubts about its efficacy. Can you expand on that further? Uh, because you have put assorted groups into one basket, those who are not getting reservation benefits. So I'll give you two examples. There are castes like say Brahmins, you can fairly say that they have good representation. And among religions, you take Christians, for historical reasons, they have very good representation within government services and in educational institutions. Now they also come under this basket because they are not getting reservations as of now. And take the case of Jats, Patidars and Marathas. Who have been actually they have been agitating is that they are underrepresented and they need quotas. Now these people are going to compete with already well-established, well-entrenched groups, even if they are not getting reservations. So we reach a situation where through this policy, those who are already adequately represented or over-represented will end up uh, gaining from this policy because of their advancement in education. Also because I think the cutoff economically is 8 lakhs. Yes, that also the, the policy is for economically weaker sections. Uh, government has proposed 8 lakhs annual income uh, ceiling. 8 lakhs is pretty high. Uh, even if you slice that into different categories, let us say only the upper limit of those 8 lakhs, somewhere between say 5 to 8 lakh category, they are already income taxpayers. Calling income taxpayers economically weak, uh, really uh, difficult to justify. So what happens is, even within this group, it is not those economically weaker sections who will benefit. Those economically uh, well-off sections will uh, stand to benefit from this policy. So will it uh, also help the economically backward Muslims? Prime of AC, yes, but I'm afraid it will not because those relatively well-off economically tend to access quality education. And don't forget this 10%, there will be millions competing within this category. So any community, whether it is Muslims or Jats, Patidars and Marathas, the three being rural communities because they are agrarian communities, even if they are economically well-off, the fact that they are stuck in villages, it's very unlikely that their children have accessed the kind of quality education you need to compete within this category. So my answer, whether Muslims will benefit, I'm afraid they will not. Thanks for that. You have been talking about how 
educational qualification is going to be a marker in defining who is able to access this policy for economically weaker sections. Can you just elaborate on this link a little more in detail? You know, one of the problems with India is we are too complex socially. This kind of all India policy cannot target the specific groups in need of state support. It's a carpet bombing. You are not really targeting a particular group. Targeting is very important. I'll tell you examples. We think scheduled castes are a kind of a monolithic group, which is not the case. In Andhra Pradesh, you have these two sub-castes among Dalits, Malas and Madigas. It has been the contention of Madigas that Malas have been cornering all reservation benefits at their caste. So they have been agitating for subcategorization, which is in litigation now. So the same thing can happen with any other reservation, including this 10%, even if it is only for upper caste. Who are these upper castes? Those castes who are not gaining any reservation benefits now. This includes Brahmins, this includes Christians, Muslims, intermediary castes like uh, Jats, Patidars. So, if the aim is to help those economically weaker sections among this group, it is not going to happen for two reasons. Reason one, already well-off sections, educationally well-off sections are going to compete in this group who stand a better chance of getting those jobs. And the second reason is 8 lakhs maximum income is too high. So ultimately this is going to be among those who are paying income tax already, who will be competing for this 10% of the quota. Similarly, it is possible that since the group is so diverse, castes who have been agitating for reservations like Jats, Patidars, Marathas and Kapus and so many other castes may demand subcategorization within this economically weaker sections uh, quota. So Further complicating uh, matters for the country. So basically then it, it is likely to open another uh, Pandora's box. Pandora's oh, box. Yes. And how do you think, uh, coming back to the fact that it has been challenged in the Supreme Court, how do you think it is going to stand legally going forward? This is my personal opinion, how the Supreme Court is going to decide this matter. Uh, nobody can uh, predict. Many people are arguing that this is unconstitutional. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, the fact that constitution doesn't provide for reservations for economically weaker sections doesn't mean such a policy becomes automatically unconstitutional. Constitution doesn't specifically prohibit the government from giving reservations to this category. No. Government can as well, Parliament can as well amend the Constitution. This, the current uh, 124th Amendment is meant for that. So I don't see any reason why uh, this is going to be unconstitutional. This is constitutional and this is logical. My problem with this is, will it work? Instead of fixing some problems, uh, this may end up creating more problems. So on that note, can I just end with my last question? What do you see? Uh, as we've already said, this is likely to open a Pandora's box. What do you see as the future for this, this policy? Not just uh, phase three of uh, quotas. 
in all deservation policies, the mistake we are committing is we are aiming for equality of outcomes, not equality of opportunities. If we really focused on education, quality education, education for all sections, we would not have come to this stage. It is a tragedy and it is also insult to the country that even after 70 years, you have to provide reservations to the so-called upper castes. So, these controversies and new policies go on until we fix the problem of education where wherever you go, you get a modicum of quality education which is not questioned. As long as we do not do that, these are all band-aid policies. They create more problems, they do not solve anything. So that is probably uh, not a very hopeful but a more realistic note to end on that um, positive affirmation is no solution for basic access. Yes, yeah, exactly. Thank right. you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. If you enjoyed this episode of Thought Space and want to learn more about the research CPR does across various topics, please subscribe to our mailing list and social media channels through our website www.cprindia.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at CPR underscore India.